Good morning, happy Thursday, as we get ready for Thursday night football on what should be probably the best game of the season. Um, That's with, of course, sarcasm. The Redskins probably regretting that victory over the Dolphins now, as they know that they probably cost themselves. Although, you know what, I I don't think they're not going to be looking for quarterback. They drafted Hoskins, um, so... I don't think – I believe he was from Ohio State. I don't believe they're really shooting for the top pick as maybe the Dolphins or Bengals are. They're not going to get Jalen Hurt. They're not going to go for Tua. Um, a, lot of, a lot of the info I keep hearing is Tua could be the top pick. I prefer Jalen Hurts if it was me, but that's just because uh, the Oklahoma quarterbacks – well, Baker Mayfield did last year at least, and Kyler Murray's doing good now. But they seem to pick up a great system, and it seems to carry over to the pros – We'll see what happens with Baker in his career. I'm not going to give up on him because he had uh, has had a few bad games. So let's get right to it. I don't want to spend a whole hour on this. I'm not going to do all six matchups. I, originally, I was planning on that, but uh, this will allow us to at least have a Friday show as well. I will first hit up the waiver wire. So we'll go over the list, and Austin had text. You know, when I looked at my list, I was like, you want running backs. You want to have running backs. I'm sure a lot of us, like Brian had mentioned, he put in a, a claim for Ty Johnson Especially him of all people, he lost uh, on Johnson, who was you know the man there. So now he lost uh, one of his running backs. Then he has plenty of. So he still got Miles Sanders. He still got um, oh, who's his main guy? Oh, Mark Ingram, who's on a bye this week, but he still has other running backs. So he's not in bad shape like some guys would be if they had low running back depth. But with that being said, Ty Johnson, you know he was someone I was number three on the list. Excuse me. I thought for sure that the it would go most likely Eric. He's really good at going after those running backs when there's an injury and he's one of the top one on the waiver wire. I thought for sure, okay, Eric will probably grab him. Nick could grab him. You know, Nick's got Sonny Michelle playing well, but it, it's always good to go get an extra guy. And anytime this late in the season, you can get a guy who's – I don't think he's going to go out there and be what – I mean, even on Johnson was not – if you look at his stats, not dominating. He was having a, a solid – you know, solid season, but nothing that is, oh my gosh, this guy's a, a RB1, got to get him in my lineup. He had good games at times, but the whole point is that why why would you think Ty Johnson's going to do any better than what Kerryon Johnson did? That being said, I thought for sure Eric might, possibly Nick, get those extra running backs. This is when you do it. We know Kerryon Johnson's out till at least week, week 16 at, at best. And I had to make a judgment call. The, all the running backs I have... I have plenty, and the whole issue is if I was like, I usually, I mean, everyone has different strategies for it. Sometimes you do base it off for a season, but I looked at it as I don't need a running back to play this week. I have Austin Eckler. You know, I had I had uh, Saquon Barkley. Now Chase Edmonds I'm going to most likely play if David Johnson's out. Where am I going to put him? And, I, and would I play Ty Johnson over one of my receivers? Definitely not. So unless you're looking to just build your team, for depth, and I still have Zeke, who's on a bye. So I was just—I needed a wide receiver more, and I'm—I I don't know how well uh, you'd think Robert Woods would tear up the Bengals, but I, like I said, I watched some of that Charger game, and Corey Davis looked great with Tannehill. So my number one claim was Corey Davis, and I was hoping Nick or Eric wouldn't go for him, and surprisingly, they didn't go for either. They didn't go for Corey Davis. They didn't go for anything. They saved it. So that's a strategy that works. They might be saving it for that last second, an injury, maybe you know, as as we get near the trade deadline. Uh, maybe even grab a guy that it might be hot and you can trade him with, you know, another player. Use it to your advantage. You can basically trade, you know, we had controversy in the past where the waiver wire guy, someone would pick him up and then just trade him. And that could cause frustration because you feel like, hey, that guy's team's out of it. Your job is not to grab a guy and just trade him. Your guy, your job back then when we used to have the waiver wire reset to worst team would get it every week. It was basically to allow the worst team to get a better player if, if it, the situation popped up and they can improve their team for that week or try to make, you know, keep your team balanced. And so after that, Eric's the one who came up with the idea where he said, you know, that I mean, that's that's been in leagues. It's not like we, Eric, made it up, but he's the one who suggested, hey, why don't we just go your waiver wire resets once you use it? Then you, if you want, heck, you saved it. You got the number one waiver wire. Use it. Grab a guy. Trade him that same day for all we care. It's your waiver wire pick. So Eric and Nick, they might be saving it. They might be going, hey, you know what? 
I'm not going to grab Ty Johnson because I'm not going to play him. Maybe they're thinking the same thing, that Kerryon Johnson is a better player, and he had a couple good games, but nothing that blew him out of the water. You know, no 50-point game, nothing that made it look like, oh, my gosh, I got to play this guy. Maybe they weren't going to play him over anything they already had, so they decided to. That's usually what you want to do with a, a top three pick is someone you don't want to go grab a guy just to stash him. You want to usually grab him and put him on your starting roster if, if you feel he's going to make that big of an impact. So surprisingly, they didn't take him. I put my bid in for, like I said, I needed a wide receiver more, especially with Cooper, Amari Cooper on a bye week, and uh, Will Fuller going down, which I burned my number waiver wire pick on a few weeks ago. And disappointingly, again, I covered that last podcast. He's out for a while. Uh, Kenny Stills was one I thought of. Dino Dan, that was one of the ones we'll cover. You did pick up Kenny Stills. Now, not on the waiver wire where it cost you a slot. You actually grabbed him later in the day. I saw he was available in the morning, and I was surprised because he's got a great matchup against the Raiders. I saw you picked him up. I think that's a great play. We'll see what he does. That's the one thing sometimes, you you know, if the Texans just feed it, force feed it 100 times to Hopkins, I can't see Kenny Stills not being involved. Those targets to Will Fuller are going to have to go to him. Kiki Cutie might get a few more targets, but if they're going deep or they're making a big splash, it's going to be Hopkins or Kenny Stills. But those were some of the players who were available, and yeah, Eric and them didn't go after him. And uh, Austin, you had higher priority, or Brian would have got him. So Austin, you grabbed Ty Johnson. The only issue with that is he is going to take over the role as the probably the first and second down back. And then the, they have a, a wide receiver, a, a wide receiver, a running back who's going to handle all the pass catching duties. Um, you'll have to go figure them out for yourself. I'm not going to tell you who it is. We'll see if anyone picks them up. Those the next few days. Those are usually more important to me. If if Ty Johnson was, uh, he did have some catches though. So he's. It's not like he's going to not be involved like Derrick Henry. He's not going to get one catch and that's it. At least last game, Ty Johnson. I think he had four or five catches. So he should be involved in the passing game as well. But that could be, you know, on a second or first down play as opposed to the other running back going out there for third down pass catching duties. And I like those backs more. They usually tend to get, you know, even if, even if it's a good defense, they can go out there and get you 9 to 15 points. While, you know, the, the running back like Derrick Henry can go out like against Denver. I think he had like 15 or 16 carries and only had three points. Didn't get, you know, he's not, if you're not a receiving back and you don't have a big rushing game or at least a touchdown dependent like some backs are. You'd rather have the receiving running back. So Dino Dan, he grabbed Kenny Stills. Austin grabbed Ty Johnson. Good grab, Austin. That'll go good for you if you have any more guys on a bye week. Oh, and I want to make a correction. I did talk about our division games. The first three weeks, there are no buys. I assumed the last three weeks, that late in the season, because I believe it's week 11, 12, and 13, there were no buys. There are, still are a few more buys. So there is a chance you might go um, up against a division rival without some of your best guys. But that's the best we can do it. That's, you know, late in the season. I know week 13 there are no more buys when I looked yesterday. That'll be – that's the game where it's the last game of the season, the regular season. That's Thanksgiving where, you know, you got the Cowboys and Lions and then one primetime game on Sunday night. Anyways, back to what we were talking about, waiver wire. Matt going after Teddy Bridgewater. That was something I was actually contemplating because Kyler Murray, I love Murray. I've played him uh, all but two games. I've gone Lamar Jackson, then I might mix it up back and forth now. But Kyler Murray's got a very tough matchup on the road. And you got to wonder, it's got me thinking, hmm, Bridgewater has a very good matchup at home against Arizona. Now Patrick Peterson's back. So their secondary looked much better last week against the Giants than they had all year. But still, Bridgewater, he's been pretty good. He's played pretty good this season, or pretty well, I should say. And he's got a, a, a solid matchup at home. So I was like, Bridgewater, you know, he could he could be pretty he can be better maybe than Kyler Murray, who's gonna is it really believable that Kyler Murray can go out there and have a, a bad game? Of course it is. If Dak Prescott, who was uh, playing great the first three weeks and has a better offensive line and a better running back goes out there and really does not perform well on that Sunday night game, who is to say that Kyler Murray is going to go out there and, and light him up for 30 points? So that was one issue that had me scared. I thought of Bridgewater as a possibility. Matt wisely got him. You know, he still has a good quarterback with um, Gardner Minshew. And he's got Baker Mayfield, whose team's named after. But I don't see anyone playing Baker Mayfield against the Patriots. That's going to be a tough matchup. So good grab for Matt. I like that move. 
And when you're in any time in fantasy, you want to live week to week. You want to have your solid players that you consistently have. Our, in our mind, it's our contract players, our core, and then a couple other superstars sprinkled in there throughout the season. But to win a game, sometimes you got to go off script. You have to go away from – I mean, Matt appears to be, at this point, streaming quarterbacks. He had Phillip Rivers. Then he went with – I can't remember who he went with last week. Um, got off Phillip Rivers. Oh, Minshew. He went with Minshew for a few weeks. Pretty good. Got a victory last week. Now he's going um, Bridgewater. So you could still have a solid quarterback and then stream as well. It's good to do that at times when it's based off a matchup. So and you want it. You want to do that because every game, every game counts. You know, you you want to play it uh, fantasy week to week, not look at it and go, well, you know, I I don't want to cut this guy. I don't want to pick up Bridgewater just for one week. No, if it helps you get the victory, get it, grab him, get that victory for this week, enjoy it, celebrate, and you're one game closer to the playoffs. So great move by Matt, Jacob, Mark Walton. I'm surprised no one else grabbed Mark Walton. You know, Mark Walton, I got his rookie card. He was a Bengal player. He ran into some issues. Bengals cut him. Miami picked him up. Didn't think anything of it. I thought, you know what? I thought he had a shot to maybe be a good um, one-two punch playing with Joe Mixon. But he got out of Cincinnati, which I actually think is better because the Dolphins' offensive line appears to be better than the Bengals. And Walton doesn't have to worry about Mixon or Gio Bernard. Kenyon Drake is on the verge of possibly getting traded. And the last two weeks, Mark Walton's been getting the work. And it... Like we talked about uh, when Eric drafted Peyton Barber, Peyton Barber is still the starter. Now, Ronald Jones is cutting into more playing time, but anytime you can get a team, even if the running game's bad, even if the offensive line is bad, such as Joe Mixon, if you're hurting, you want to put a running back out there that might get 15 to 20 touches. And Mark Walton's been getting that. He's been getting that, and the, the rumor is that they can afford to trade Drake because they're trying to, to suck so they can get Tua or um, Jalen Hurts. But the whole whole deal behind that is that you have a running back who's young, someone who's got a, a low salary, and they're giving him touches, and he's putting up solid, respectable numbers for the situation he's in. So that was a very good ad by Jacob getting Mark Walton. He's a possible starting running back. Just like I said with Ty Johnson, this time in the season, if you can find a starting running back off waivers, go for it. There's no reason to hold back. But yeah, surprised he didn't get picked up last week after he had a good week two weeks ago. Dino Dan... We talked about how he got Kenny Stills later in the morning, not off waiver wire, but he still picked him up this morning. He also grabbed Zach Pascal. Now, I didn't even know who the heck – I was like, is that a kicker when I first heard it? You know, I, I don't follow the Colts that much where it gets down to like their third – I'm assuming third receiver. He could be their second. Um, but he had a great game, 40-plus points. He makes an impact too because he plays special teams. Um, if you look at his stats for last game to help in that 46 performance, I think he also had um, several tackles on special teams. I think he had um, – I don't know if he had a force fumble. Anyways, he had a bunch of other special teams. So if you can get those bonus points, if you've got a guy and a receiver who can go out there, get you six catches, 60 yards, and can make a couple tackles on special teams, heck yeah. Heck yeah, dude. Anytime you can get a two-way player or someone who's going to do something like that, I'm all on board for that. That's a good ad that, you know, he might disappear and do nothing. The next two games, he might do nothing. But really, what if he does have another good game? And now he's the number two receiver in Indianapolis who appears at times to be throwing a lot. Do you want to miss on that bus? No. Dino Dan made a good move, grabbed a couple of very good receivers, one of them with a great matchup. Kenny Stills' great matchup this week. Uh, Like I said, I already talked about me getting Corey Davis. Corey Davis, I drafted. I had hopes of keeping him. Tannehill never came up. Tannehill finally did, and... He looked great last week, and now he's going into a game that I really love the matchup. Everyone who plays the Bucks seems to throw on him, not run on him. So we'll see if Tannehill can get out there and uh, get Corey Davis involved for me. So I'm counting on it. You know, I'm hoping he does. Uh, like I said, very good matchup, bad defense. Matt picked up also Terrell Williams. We talked about Edgar at Bridgewater. Uh, Terrell Williams was the number one uh, ranked in the ESPN League free agent on our flex list of guys available. Terrell Williams, if he is healthy and back, we saw that he's a double-digit point guy. He got a touchdown every game he's played in this year, four for four. So good grab by Matt to try to solidify his, or strengthen his wide receiving core. And I think that's the last one. Oh, yeah, and then he cut Josh Gordon for it. Josh Gordon was put on IR, but the the big thing is he's on IR, and he was kind of shocked because he was feeling healthy, and he's going to be – possibly released this means he's going to be released or have to go through waivers and someone else can pick him up so 
We'll see if Josh Gordon actually even lasts on the waiver wire too long. I don't know. I'm not jumping out to grab him. He hasn't looked good in that a passing offense in New England. Where is he going to go with that he's going to play better? I don't know if he's lost a step, if he's just not not with it. Can he get to a team where they're, he's going to get more volume uh, than New England? Good questions. Whoever wants them, go for it. So that is our waiver wire discussion. Let's get to our games. We're going to do three games. First, I will start with... One of the games of the week, you have the number three scoring team against the number two scoring team. That is my team going against Austin, who, again, maybe he took my advice listening to a podcast about old McDonald, <laughs> which was funny. Like I said, it always gets a laugh. Eric's team did that to me last year. What was Eric's team name last year? You're going to have to text me, Eric, if you remember this or if anyone else does. Text it. And if what was Eric's? Every time I said it last year, it always got a laugh out of, out of me. Um, but yeah, he's now he goes by cheaper by the cousins. I think that's pretty creative. That would have been good going against Matt because Matt is Baker's almost dozen. You got cheaper by the cousins, which means hey, cousins is playing better than Baker, and you got him for cheaper. You don't have to pay any contract, uh, five year contract like Matt has. <laughs> um, that would have been good going against Matt. Another one that I thought of Austin, if you want, is uh, what popped in my mind. It's okay to Kirk your cousins. Um, instead of kiss, or you can just put it's okay to kiss your cousins, um, but it's okay to Kirk your cousins. That's pretty creative. I thought that was funny. That popped in my head whenever I saw your name. Uh, but anyways, on to the matchup. Right now, Austin is favored by six points. Not Anytime you get it 10 or less, in my opinion, it could go either way. We've seen it. You know, the predictions are the predictions are usually pretty spot on. Now, we'll overscore. Both teams will overscore a lot of times. One team might be predicted to get 120 and they get 140, but they still lose by 20 because the other team, you know, had a great, great week as well with our scoring system. But Austin's favored by six. Right now, if you base all the categories, if you go up and down, and I put each category as both running backs count as one. Both receivers count as one. Austin's winning five to four in the categories, so that gives him an advantage. He's favored by six. He's winning in categories. Running backs right now has to be favored by Austin. The fact that Zeke is on a bye, I'm going to have to give him that. If I think if Zeke is here and Austin Eckler, if the Chargers continue to use him, you know, I tried to trade Eckler to a few guys, uh, not in the fact that I thought he would suck, just in the fact that um, I didn't plan on using him. But if he's getting used like he did, you know, I thought, you know, the, I, I, I figured he was still a good 12 to 15 point per game running back. But if he gets used, I mean, they were mixing him out for over 30 plays in the slot. They actually shifted him out there with Melvin Gordon still as a wide receiver. I don't know if that'll continue. If it does, I am super excited that I was able to hold on to him and keep him because that would just, oh my gosh, you know, he only gets three to five carries per game. I'm not there for the carries. I want the receiving. He had 100 yards receiving, almost had a touchdown last week. Uh, So with Eckler and with Barkley, I still have good running backs. And Chase Edmonds, I'm going to play as well, um, as long as David Johnson continues to look like he's going to be a miss, even though the Saints are a very tough defense, so I don't know how well he'll do. But Austin, he's got Leonard Fournette, the best running back in football right now, Christian McCaffrey. And Fournette has had double digits every game, I believe. I could be wrong if maybe not one. But remember the first three games, it was like 10, 12, 14, and then he just shot out of a cannon. Several 20-point games. He might have even had a 30-point game. So Leonard Fournette. Christian McCaffrey, and James Conner, who's looking healthy, and he's going to have a dream matchup on that Monday Night Football. we already seen the Steelers. They don't want to throw when they played the Bengals on primetime, and it was the running game between Samuels and Conner. Now Conner against the Dolphin defense. Man, it's scary. You know, I don't. It might not even come down to uh, the Monday Night Football game. I'm hoping it does. I'm hoping it does. There's some drama, and it comes to the Monday Night game so that there's some interest in Austin and I to both watch the game and see what happens if it hangs in the battle, the balance. I mean, you know, if Austin's already got a, any kind of lead, eh, I, you know, then whatever. It's it's not like it's going to matter anymore, at least for that perspective. It'll still matter for Austin because he wants to get the points lead because that is a huge tiebreaker at the end of the season. So you always want the points. I'm not saying that. It's just the drama that we kind of had with this last game between Eric and Jacob would be missed on Austin and myself, and I hope it comes down to uh, that kind of drama. I hope it's a really close game. Austin and I met up last year. Uh, we saw the, the Cowboy game. Maybe uh, Gerald Everett can uh, get some revenge for you this time and extract it against me, Austin. As we cover positions, we'll look at the tight end. Waller, he's he's uh, a slight edge. He's right now one of the top-ranked tight ends in our league. 
is favored over Everett, but Everett, we saw, have seen that he can put up good numbers going against the Bengals, who are not great against tight ends. So if you can get any kind of wash, if, if, if Waller can come back to his 14 to 12 point game and ever comes out with a 12 to 16 point game, that'll be huge for you to match with me because then that'll give you with your running back advantage, uh, very, very, um, strong possibility of winning looking to get revenge as well as we met in the playoffs. The last time we faced each other was for the final four, the rights to get to the final in a very, very close game. So I'm looking forward to this, hoping you could try to get some revenge running backs. Like I said, favored in Austin, uh, this is one to, this is one of the matchups to watch the tight end. If Everett can out Waller with his three running backs, the game's in the bag because he's got Cousins going on against a very bad defense on Thursday night. That's to his advantage. Kyler Murray, I love Kyler Murray uh, as a player. That's why I keep playing him, even though Lamar Jackson has better matchups. I've been playing him over Jackson. And this one, though, scares me. This is the probably the toughest matchup I think he'll face all year. Last week he only had seven, but that's because it was game script. Uh, he didn't need to. He's going to need to this week, but the Saints are so good that I'm still contemplating whether I'll play him. Trying to think, do I want to find another guy just for the week? But then that comes in the part that I hate. The minute I bench him and put in someone else, Kyler Murray has a great game, and then I'm kicking myself for doing that. So I'll probably hold Pat, but you got to give the advantage to quarterback to, to Austin, the running back and the flex to Austin. The big thing is can Cooper Cup outduel Godwin? Before the bye week, these were the top two receivers. They both averaged 27 points per game. So we'll see. That'll be a big part. Cooper Cup has a better matchup because the Titans are strong. I mean, all the matchups are pointing in favor of Austin's. This is a game for him to win. He should be favored by more than six. But if Godwin can continue to do what he does, even though the Titans' D is good, um, they've been top 10 uh, defensively against wide receivers, I'm not going to count out Godwin. He's played so unreal this year other than one game. So this should be fun. I think this is going to be a uh, over-under. I'm going to say I think it's going to be over 340 combined points. I think if each of us, if I think the lowest scoring team on this might be 150, and then the winning team could break 180, 200, who knows? So I'm expecting fireworks in this matchup. That'll be fun. Good luck, Austin. Try to bring me down. It's the last undefeated team for the week or the season. And then the defenses, Bears. Pretty good. They've been terrible against the run the last few weeks, though, against the Raiders, against the Saints. See if they can rebound this week. He's going to hope so because I got Austin Eckler. So he's got double right there. He wants the Bears to not only beat the Chargers for his reason, but to also shut down my running back. And then I got the Colts, who I stashed a few weeks ago against the Broncos. I felt, you know, it could be a good matchup on the road, but after that terrible performance against the Chiefs, I don't know. This could be really good, or maybe the Broncos can go back to getting their run game going. Remember two weeks ago, the Broncos had won two straight and were looking solid on both, you know, on the road. So, uh, but right now, ranked on uh, points per game, our favorite, the Colts have a slight edge with a better matchup than the Bears do. That's what I need to do. I need to win at tight end. I need to be consistent at running back and win on defense. And he's got the best defensive player, Darius Leonard. Uh, so that'll be a good game. Let's get to our next game. Matt versus Christian are only two members of the League Hall of Fame. We haven't touched on the Hall of Fame in forever. I'll cover that on another podcast. There is some new uh, news about that. If you guys are still interested in me keeping it going or starting it up, um, I have some new new ideas about it. I'll, like I said, I'll talk about it another time. If you're ever interested, just let me know, and I will work on a podcast about our Hall of Fame. But as of now, Matt and Christian are the only two active members in it, and Christian is 1.3 favored in points. Bridgewater against Arizona is an ideal matchup. Like I said, they did get back Peterson, and they played better against uh, Daniel Jones last week in the Giants. But it was not just Peterson. It wasn't all like coverage sacks. They were just getting after him. I think Bridgewater can avoid those rushes, and the Saints have a much better offensive line than the Giants. For Christian, though, Matt Ryan, big question mark. Is he playing? As of now, I would say no, but ESPN and the Giants or the Falcons have not ruled him out. So until he's officially out, uh, if you look at both players with Matt Ryan, oh my gosh, I think he's got to have a good week. You know, if he stays healthy, he's got a good matchup. So we'll see. As of right now, if just looking at it, not knowing if Ryan's playing, I'm going to have to give the edge because of I dream matchup for Bridgewater. So quarterback in favor of Matt. Right now, if you count the categories with Bridgewater, with Matt Ryan not playing, Matt Ryan not playing, I'm going to give it five to four, or ESPN's actually giving it five to four in favor of Matt. 
The difference is always, we've seen this, where a guy might be even favored uh, six to three, you know, and you're like, oh man, I should win this. But then the, the, the three categories they're favored in, they dominate, you know, 50-point performance. Eric, 57 points with Rodgers. Things like that, they make up for those other categories where you might be trailing in. So five to four for Matt. Running backs, Todd Gurley and Josh Jacobs. I like them more than Christian's running backs. It's hard to believe because Melvin Gordon, he's got a good match against the Bears, but he's looked so bad. I don't know if he's just rusty. How long is it going to be like this? Their offensive line is terrible too. Too many injuries. They lost another guy last week for the Chargers. That's the frustrating part. You're not getting to see whether it is Melvin Gordon or is it the O-line that's so bad. That's the dif- difficult part to make a judgment call on that. Uh, but So I can't believe that I'm saying that, that Melvin Gordon is the underdog in this matchup. But Josh Jacobs, he's a question mark. He's hurt. He didn't practice today. Um, his shoulder was hurt. And Gruden was saying that he's still in extreme pain from an injury he suffered against the Packers. But they're hoping he'll be ready to play. I know Matt's really hoping he's, he's going to be able to get out there and run all over the Texans. you got to like uh, Gurley. I think Gurley um, has a great matchup against the Bengals. This needs to be one where he breaks 100 yards and gets at least one touchdown, gets some catches. That's what Matt needs. Matt came off a big win last week, too. Christian's won three straight after going 0-4. Forgot to mention that. Christian, yes, was 0-4, has won three straight. Matt is 3-4 and as well. This is a good game for somebody to get a, a, a slight edge as we race down the second half of the season for the wild card. The games, I know sometimes you might have a two and five team or a whatever, you know, a lower team who might just look to, is looking to try to climb back in or pull the upset. This is one where both teams are fighting for that wild card position and still trying to stay in division. Matt's tied for first place in his division right now. He's up now, his division record is not as good as Eric's and, and Brian, so they're ahead of him. But Matt is going, hey man, if I win this week and Eric and, and Brian lose, which is possibilities, I'm sitting in the driver's seat. Who would have thought that when, you know, Matt at one point was one and three. So, and three, and Brian was three and one. So looking good. Uh, Running backs, definitely in favor of, of Matt. Wide receivers, it's no hands down, Christian. We talked about it. Tyreek Hill, Hopkins, and Diggs. I mean, if you just put their three names together, you can get hip. Or you can get Hop Hill Digs or Digs Hill Hop. You can, it sounds like a rap group. Um, but yeah, they're three of the best in the league. They're A-plus if you go ranking. And they're all healthy and they're all back. And that is why Christian has won three straight. Now, the biggest thing is Diggs has been playing lights out. Had Diggs played like this at the beginning of the year, Christian might have been 1-2 and two or 2-1 two and one instead of 0-3 oh to start the season. But Diggs was playing terrible. And then Hopkins had one good game. And then Hill injured. You know, that week one, if, if Hopkins, who had 37 points, and then Diggs came out with a 30-point game, I think Christian wins that first game. But they're A-plus. That'll be what continues to carry Christian over. He really needs Matt Ryan to get back, though, because Matt Ryan's good for 25 to 35 a game. He needs that in there with those three receivers since his ground game has not been solid. You know, it's almost like he tried to fix it by getting uh, Melvin Gordon, made the right move, and it still hasn't panned out. This year, it's even worse. Evans has a very tough matchup, as we talked about with the Titans, Godwin and Evans. They're from a pass-happy offense. They're both playing really well. But the Titans are a top 10 against that. So look for the Bucks to try to get the ground game going, which I hope they don't. I really hope for Matt's sake and my sake they get the passing game going. Um, but yeah, wide receiver, totally in favor of Christian. And Diggs is part of the flex, so he has the advantage there. Tight end, this is another one. Matt does Ingram. Ingram disappeared, but that was because I think it was later in the game, but he did get his eye poked, and they looked terrible when they showed the still photo of it. Uh, but he got hurt last week, so he didn't. he's the only one who really didn't ball out other than Tyler Eifert against the Cardinals' defense. Um, you, I thought that was an ideal dream game for him. But he's, he's you know, if he's back and healthy, I'm going to take him over uh, Ricky Seals-Jones any day. Seals-Jones, though, has played pretty, pretty solid for the Browns. Um, he's been there since... Uh, What's his name? And Joku's gone down with the injury. So I'm not going to say Seals Jones is, is not going to do anything, but he's playing New England. So he's got a tough matchup, and he's got Baker Mayfield playing inconsistent. A good game, then a bad game, then a good game, then a bad game. They're coming off the bye, I believe. So hopefully they got out some of the kinks and they're prepared. They had two weeks to prep for the Patriots. But I still like Ingram this week in the matchup. One of Matt's favorites is with the tight end. Defense, Blake Martinez is a top five running back. So you gotta you gotta give that to to uh, Matt right there. But the Steelers D, 
I mean, if right now, if you told me have Blake Martinez as a top five linebacker or the Steelers D going against primetime Miami Dolphins. Now, this is what sucks. Who's going to show up? What Fitzpatrick? Because he actually had the Dolphins with the possibility of winning at Buffalo. The Bills were the number one ranked defense last week projected. And they didn't. They got 20 points, but nowhere near the Patriots. 40 points they had against Miami. you know. And the Redskins, they even had a solid game against Miami. So the Steelers are on paper are favored to, but that was with Josh Rosen, who appeared at times scared to throw the ball down the field and would take a lot of sacks. Fitzmagic, he can go out there and play great and almost win the game for you. Is he going to do that against Pittsburgh? I don't think so. You know, we saw that that happened last year. On he had two good games with the Bucks, prime time against the Steelers, and the Steelers whomped him. Now he did throw some garbage touchdowns, but uh, for the overall, he's got his butt kicked. So is that Steeler team? They know how to take on Fitzpatrick. We'll see if he does. If he has a good game or not. If not, Steelers D total hands down is going to take the advantage, and that could be the difference. We've seen that if a defense comes out and gets thirty-five point game, that makes up for. Uh, Christian's slow or low-scoring running backs, and with his wide receivers, he just needs a Matt Ryan high game or a high defensive game, and Christian might be looking at four straight wins, trying to be the second man ever to start 0-4 and make the playoffs. It's only been done once. It's by Brian. So we'll see what happens with that one. And now our last game. I'm trying to make this. We are down to 31 minutes, so I'm doing good time. Our last game for tonight or today's broad, uh, podcast is Jacob versus Nick. Now, Nick had a 200-point game, then he dropped down again last week. Nick has been up and down. He has, uh, I believe he's 2-5. Two and, f- two and five. Could have been 3-4, and four, but the stat correction corrected it. But he is 2-5, and five. and going heads up against Jacob. Jacob is a 37.9, almost 38 points favored over Nick. Let's look at the reasons why. Quarterbacks, I'm going to have to say this is a wash. You look at Stafford, who Nick picked up last week, and, and almost, you know, Help try to carry Nick's team to a victory with a 38-point performance. I thought it was crazy. I thought, I know it's Detroit. They're at home, but it's still a dome, and the Vikings are still a really good defense. I thought that Stafford might, at best, get a 20-point performance. It was still even 20 points would be a great pickup for Nick because he needed to get a quarterback that week, and he played even way beyond expectations of even the experts. So that was a great game. Deshaun Watson did not play as well as he could have or should have against the Colts, but he's got a dream match against the Raiders. We saw what Aaron Rodgers did to the Raiders. I think Gruden's going to have the defense playing a little better. I think they're going to try to get, if Jacobs is healthy, get him, control the clock. Before, I already talked about what happened at that Raider game before the Derek Carr fumble, but right before halftime, that was a low-scoring game, and the Raiders were trying to run and control the clock like they have. Can the Raiders do that against the Texans and slow it down? If not, uh, look for Deshaun Watson to throw all over the Raiders. And Jacob will be, if, if Watson gets a 40 or more point game, he'll be saying, oh, I love the Raiders. Hated him last week. This week he's going to be loving them. So, but the fact that both of them, Stafford gets the Giants. Now, what's going to happen? Is Ty Johnson and the other running back going to run all over um, the Giants and then take Stafford out of it like Kyler Murray? Kyler Murray, like I said, had 50 yards in the first like two drives and was eight for eight or seven for seven. And then he finished the game with 80 yards because they ran all over him. You didn't need to. So is that going to happen to the Giants? I don't know. I don't, I don't know. The Lions defense has been really good. Now they've suffered in games against Kansas City and Minnesota, but for the most part against bad teams, their defense, they got a good head coach, Patricia, who knows a little thing about defense with the Patriots. So we'll see if Stafford does. The matchup, I like Watson more because I think the Raiders will score more. Um, than the Giants. But Stafford, um, I think it still have a really good game. And in the end, it could end up being a wash. I got it as a wash. This is where we break it open with the running backs. Now, Nick has Sony Michelle, who keeps getting touchdowns, but that's all he's getting. Now, you'll take it. You'll take that 15 to 25-point game. I don't care if it's three touchdowns and 30 yards. You'll take the points. It doesn't matter. But the thing is that he just doesn't look good. He's not breaking like he did last year. He's not breaking big runs. He's not having 100-yard games. But that's all really Nick's running back core is as of right now. He doesn't have Kamara and Cooks. Now, Kamara, I heard, was going to play. They did cut Zach Zenner, so it looks like Kamara's going to come back. Jacob is very happy for that. Try to get him going. There's a possibility. Oh, yeah, with the Teddy – I totally missed – forgot that i know matt has teddy bridgewater i was praising it there's a possibility drew Brees comes back this week 
So if that happens, ugh, Matt's going to have to rethink his plan and go grab someone else. But that was one thing that totally slipped my mind until I just talked about Alvin Kamara. There's a possibility they were saying Drew Brees, this was the game they marked on the schedule where he could come back because of the bad Arizona defense. They thought this would be a, a good welcome back, warm up game for Drew Brees. So we'll watch for that story. That could change everything with Matt's game where he, you know, he has a slight edge with Bridgewater playing. And then also with this game, Kamara jumps back up, I think, if Brees is playing. But for the week, the week we're playing, nobody's got a better combo than Kamara and Cook. Once again, uh, Jacob, for many, many weeks, has had the top two running backs. Cook is uh, right there, number two overall, behind Christian McCaffrey. Right now, if you look at it, based on pro- projection, Nick's running two running backs, Jacob's two running backs, 48 to 22. Now, Cook can go out and have a 48-point game. Is he? I doubt it. But he could have a very good game. He's playing the Redskins. And last year, I think one of Barkley's top three games was against the Redskins in Washington. They could not stop the run last year. And I don't know if they're – I don't expect them to get any better this year. They've been pretty weak for the most part. The only reason the Niners didn't is because they played in freaking monsoon. You know, you were looking for Noah's Ark out there. It was so bad last week. So this could be something where Cook runs all over. You gotta really love Jacobs' matchups with the running backs. The, forget the fact that they're both better, but forty-eight to twenty-two, I think Nick would take that if he looked at it and said, "Hey, man, you know, you get forty-eight, I'll get twenty-two, I'll take that." We'll see if he does um, end up getting that, or is it even a bigger margin? That's where I think Jacobs going to dominate the game because if you get to wide receivers, Jacob with Devonte Adams in, he's got an elite receiver with two elite running backs. With Adams out, he's got Chark who is, was really hot, and now he's kind of come back down a little. And he's got Sutton, who's been a breakout. And now, Sutton is, is Sutton going to break out even more? Is he going to get more targets now with Sanders gone? Is he going to draw the number one coverage now with Sanders drawing the number one coverage? You know, what do we expect with Sutton? Uh, is he going to have time to even get open? Is, is Flacco going to have time against the Colts? So we'll see what happens. They have a solid matchup, both of Jacobs, with Chark and Sutton. But none of them are elite blow you out of the water. Sanders is the big wild card here. He's with the Niners. Will he play this week? Will he know the offense? Will they they get him the ball going against Carolina? Or are they just going to run all over Carolina? You know, that's been their biggest thing is they wanted a top receiver. They got one now. We'll see how he does. Sanders can be great, and it can really pay off for Nick for holding him all this time. And he might even have a better season than he was on pace and average for. And then Calvin Ridley. It opens up with Muhammad Sanu gone. Is Ridley going to take advantage of this right away? Is Ridley going to get Sanu's touches? Or are they going to Austin Hooper? Is, Austin, is Eric going to reap the benefits now? Um, that's Those are things to think of. So I can't really judge Nick's team based on this. Sanders, I have no clue. Ridley, great matchup. But that's also as Matt Ryan plays. If Schaub plays, then I think Ridley is still a deep threat if Schaub wants to take the chance or he might, he might come down. So I don't know what Nick's, their wild card. I want to say, I can't even say a wash. It's unknown. The wide receiving matchup in this game is unknown. Tight end, Nick picked up uh, Hawkinson, who had a great week one. At the time, we didn't know it was based upon the Cardinals matchup that it was because week one. I thought, oh man, just like Darren uh, Waller, I thought this was one of the guys who's going to be steal the draft. Then he had a couple one-point games. He did have another double-digit point game before coming back down to six or eight points again. So who knows? You know, Is he going to have a great matchup? He's got a good matchup against the Giants. So we'll see what's there. But I love Hunter Henry. Um, Henry was the reason Waller was expendable and Jacob could trade him. Henry put up 38 points two weeks ago. He's gonna, Phillip Rivers is going to rely on him. Now, this could be a big Henry and Austin Eckler game uh, or even Melvin Gordon if they dump it to him because the pressure will be so intense. He's not going to have time for Keenan Allen unless Allen's running slants to get open downfield. He's going to have to, unless the play is single coverage and he just outthrows them both and hopes uh, Allen gets underneath it first. He's going to rely a lot on Hunter Henry because the pressure from the Bears is so severe with Mack and company. And is Keenan Allen going to draw uh, Fuller? Fuller's one of the best DBs in football. So this could be a big Hunter Henry game. That's another giant uh, two-plus advantage over Nick right there. Uh, And then we get to the flex. you got Le'Veon Bell. Montgomery. Montgomery's been iffy at times. You know, the Bears have tried against Denver. They tried. They kept giving him the ball, kept giving him the ball, get him the goal line touchdown. They wanted him to get his touchdown. They seem like they're forcing it, and it's just not working right now. I don't know if it's the O-line or if it's the play calling or if they're not giving him enough to get in rhythm, but they're trying to get him involved. 
I'm not loving him. I love Le'Veon Bell. I know he's going against the Jags, but the Jags, after playing New England, the Jags are nothing compared to New England. I think Bell bounces back with a 15 to 20 point game, especially since it's PPR and we know how much uh, Darnold likes to rely on him. So Nick has a few advantages. Quarterback, it's a wash. The flex, and then uh, maybe receivers. Receivers is the only question mark. Right here, we get to the defense. Any other week, other than maybe Darius Leonard, I say Nick has got the advantage in linebacking core and defensive player. He's an A+. Bush has been great. He is averaging 22 points a game, but he did have a bye week. So overall points, he loses the top spot. The number one ranked linebacker right now is Kendricks. He's averaging 20 points per game. That is uh, Jacob's guy. So even Nick's strong point is one of Jacob's strong points. So it's hard to really capture an advantage for Nick. That one's a push even though Bush is averaging more. And then the Patriots' defense, that's the game changer. Right now, they have been the league MVP for our, our league and most leagues. Everything fantasy, it, people are running the Patriots. And like I said, people are talking about like, oh, should I trade uh, Should I trade the Patriots' defense and uh, you know Mark Ingram to get Ezekiel Elliott? It's like, what? Can you imagine that even being muttered week one? Heck no. Then no one would have ever talked about that. But Patriots' defense... MVP so far of the league, and he's got Kendrick's number one linebacker. And Jacob mocked me, remember, at the beginning of the year when I, he mentioned I was grading teams, and his defense was not great. His defensive player was okay. His defense was not great, and I, Dino Dan got a good grade because he had two good defenses. Well, we thought at the time the Broncos were ranked, but we talked about the importance of having a good defense and a good defensive player and how they can change the game and how – when Christian had the Jags a couple years back, how they were just dropping 40 and 50 even at times. And it was like, man, dude, he's grabbing wins. And he might have several guys with bad games. But that's when it, that's when I started noticing it. And ever since then, it's like, man, you've got to get a solid defense to win in this league or uh, just have your superstars ball out. But Jacob's not making fun of me now because he's running that. He's got the number one linebacker in Kendricks from the Vikings and he's got the number one defense. He's had the number one defense since week two. He he has not scored less than I think 150. I mean, his lowest score of the season was 136, I want to say. And that was week one without the Patriots. So now also the, you know, the Patriots are better than everyone else uh, defensively. So it's not like that is an exception. That does not happen every year. But the Jags were that a couple years ago when Christian had them. And uh, really were awesome for him. Uh, last year, what was the number one defense last year? I remember I drafted the Jags early and they were terrible. I can't remember who the top defense was. But if you have a top two to three defense, man, it really, really covers and masks your weak points. If you have a weak running back or a weak receiver or no tight end. Um, but Jacob's got good running backs, good quarterback, uh, very solid receivers. Not all-stars until Adams comes back. Then he has all-star. Great tight end. And then you throw in the Patriots D, that is why he's the number one scoring team. Because he's got all those other categories, which other teams have. And this is why I said you had the best chance of going defeated, Jacob, before you get mad at me. But this is why I said those things. It's all on paper. Numbers don't lie. Stats don't lie. Nobody else has the depth and balance. My team has good depth. My team has good players. Austin's team has good depth. Austin's team has good players. Brian has great depth. It's just some of his players that were supposed to be great, such as Odell Beckham, Jarvis Landry, they have not played as that. And Michael Thomas has not has been great. He's a top t- five receiver, I believe. It just he would be even better if Drew Brees was here. So those kind of categories can screw you. Juju Smith-Schuster, he should be a top three receiver easily in that offense. Big Ben's gone. So a lot of guys have been victimized by their situations changing. Patrick Mahomes, if he's out, that changes things for Hill. That changes things for Christian. So that's why um, I felt, Jacob, you had one of the top teams because you got all you lost Devontae Adams and you still have guys like Chark, guys like Sutton, guys like the Patriots D, guys like Kendricks. A good defense can carry you all the way to a championship. So look, I think this is a week Jacob bounces back. This might be another one of his games. Unless, you know, the week Nick got 200, no one saw that coming. I think he was predicted to get 130. So, you know, that could happen. Jacob can break a 180 and Nick can drop 200 or 190. It's going to take a lot, but it's possible. That's why they play the games. Um, but, yeah, this could be another big week for Jacob. We covered position, position, why it could be. And anything that Nick was his strong point, uh, Jacob matched him in it. 
like I said, the, the only spot where I feel super comfortable is quarterback, but Watson has a great matchup, and flex. I like Le'Veon Bell more than Montgomery. So that is our matchups for the week. We covered myself and Austin. Austin, as a commissioner, I'm pulling for Austin to win uh, so that he can – I know Dino Dan is because also – He's in my division, and that'll keep Dino Dan with the best start in league history at 9-0. Uh, so Austin needs to get some payback after a couple games last year. He deserves it, just like Steve did last week. Uh, Matt against Christian, the two Hall of Famers going heads up, both of them 3-4 and four fighting to get that 500 mark and try to get a stranglehold or at least a leg up, not a stranglehold, a leg up on the wild card fighting and staying division contention. And then Jacob and Nick. Excuse me, sorry, I was reading something. Jacob and Nick. Nick needs to get a win to get out of that. He wants to keep up. A win here would put him at three and five. Nick needs this win. This is not must win, but he's getting at this point where he's two and five. We did have a team make the playoffs at two and five. I don't know, you know, I don't remember ever seeing a two and six team make the playoffs. Now you could. You just gotta win five straight, you know, seven and six makes the playoffs. Even six and seven. Uh, has made the playoffs. We haven't had a team with a losing record make the playoffs, I think, in the last four or five years since the division alignment changed. So that would be a tougher a tougher sale, I think. Uh, usually the lowest we get now is seven and six. But if you fall to two and six, you're looking at a lot of must-win games. At that point, it is basically must-win because there's too many other teams. We'll have to see. We'll have to see. Remember, we had a bunch of four and four last year. But towards the end, the better teams uh, – will rise up and usually get more points and they will get the tiebreakers. So this is almost, almost a must win for Nick. And it's at a worst time going against the number one team scoring team in the league with Jacob, who's looking for some payback and his team has so many dreamy, juicy matchups. So those are our games. We covered the waiver wire. Enjoy your Thursday. Enjoy the Thursday night football. I'm going to do my best to watch and enjoy it. Now, one thing I was doing was uh, to keep interested because, you know, it sucks. Some of these Thursday night games, you know, I'm not having anybody. You know, I'm you you like to have it on the primetime games. And I wasn't getting anyone in. So a couple weeks ago, I picked up someone to, to stream uh, in the as the defense. I'm like, you know what? I'll just grab a defensive player. And the first week it worked out. I think I had uh, – it was – I it was um, I picked up Jamie Collins when the Patriots, I think. Who'd they play on Thursday night a couple weeks ago? I can't remember. Um, but I picked up Collins – and he had not a bad game, like 10 points. Uh, and then last week I picked up the Bronco guy. I think it was Johnson. He had back-to-back 20-point games. He had three points for me. What a nightmare. And I was like, no, nope, not again. I was actually tempted to go pick up a Redskin player, linebacker, just to try to you know, keep the game interesting for me on Thursday night. And I said, nah, forget it. I, not against Austin. I, I got to be at my A game, so I had to pick up someone else who's a more consistent linebacker um, to try to get all the points I can get going against the three running backs he's got. No, chance, no time to try to just enjoy the game. Try to get the W. But, yeah, if you got a guy Thursday night, I hope you enjoy the game. You got, I know we got Terry McLaurin, uh, F1 going for Brian. We got uh, Cousins going, Cook going. I'm trying to think. There's not too many Redskins who are going. And that there's a reason why. If you look at the roster, McLaurin's about the only thing they got. Adrian Peterson, I know he's got this X team uh revenge game he wants to get but he's not even 100 healthy he keeps saying he's gonna go for it but i mean he's good for 20 carries we'll see what he can do if he gets in the end zone it's not a bad game but the, i think he did that last week against the niners he didn't get in the end zone so that's when it really hurts you uh and then vikings yeah Thielen's out that's disappointing i know that's one of the strong points for nick one of his best players he could have really used Thielen this week going against jacob he needed all hands on deck and that's gonna bite him and that sucks for nick and Jacob's got Dalvin Cook. So, like I said, look for Cook to have a monster game. Look for Cousins, another revenge game, going against his old Redskins. Uh, just disappointed that Gruden's not there. Uh, Gruden did like him there, but um, it would have been cool to see if they if he could have got even more of a revenge game if Gruden was there. We don't know how Cousins felt about Gruden. But that is it for Thursday's show. Uh, I will have the rest of the three games, and we will talk about Friday show, we will talk about Thursday night football, cover anyone who had a player in it, how they're looking, does it help their team, you know, does it really hurt, hurt their team, like Brian last week when he had uh, 14 points be, between Lindsey and, and Kelsey, 
That really hurt his team, and he ended up losing that to Dino Dan. We'll see if there's any more guys like that tomorrow, or did who is the player of the game for that game tomorrow night. And hopefully it's an enjoyable game. I know the Vikings are going to probably win by 20. Uh, we're hoping that at least at least like the, the, the Giants did against the Patriots on that Thursday night game. That's who the Patriots play, the Giants. We're hoping at least the first half was close before it gets blown out so you can kind of enjoy your meal before you go, what is this nonsense? But you know what really ticks me off, really upsets me, last thing real quick, is that Next week, I've been waiting, waiting for Thursday night football for Kyler Murray to be on primetime because he ain't going to get on a Sunday night game. And I was so excited when, he, when I saw the schedule. He's playing the Niners Thursday night. Yes. couple issues. One, this is before the Niners really took off their defense. Now I'm scared. You know, what, what, what options do you have? Hmm, Kyler Murray, primetime, which I'm going to watch and probably play. I, I can't see myself not playing him. Or Lamar Jackson, primetime, against the Patriots. My two running backs who I love, or quarterbacks, are playing the two, two of the toughest defenses in football and the only two undefeated teams. So next week, it's a double-edged sword. I'm excited. But then I, I was like, oh, Noah has a Kyler Murray jersey. He loves Kyler Murray. You know, he uses him on Madden. Uh, so we, I was going to have Noah be Kyler, wear his Kyler Murray jersey. Samuel's got his Niner shirt and his Niner hat. Samuel's super excited to watch it. We were all going to go to Chili's together and watch it as a family. And it's Halloween. It totally slipped my mind. We're going out to uh, my mom's church to do it. So we're like, oh, my gosh, I've waited all year for or all season for this game uh, for Kyler Murray to be on primetime against the Niners. And Samuel's excited. So I think we're going to go to my mom's church. It opens at 430, do all the games, get all the candy and try to get to Chili's by halftime and hope there's some seating available. Um, and hopefully the game is still close. You know, the last thing I want to do is get there and see, well, Kyler Murray, three first half interceptions, and it's 28 nothing Niners. Then it's like, oh, man, this is going to be a long fantasy week. But, yeah, those are the games. You know, it's like I wish it was this week. I wish the Niners and Cardinals played this week. No, no, we get traded to the Redskins and Vikings. you would, you got to think the Redskins were bad. Coming into the season, I did not think the Redskins were going to be great. Even with Geis is healthy, they had Case Keenum. It's like, come on, man. What are you guys thinking? They sh- they usually know, put the bad teams on the beginning. That's why when the Bucks were bad, you would see them week two or three. The Jags-Titans, usually week two or three. You get the ja- when the Jags were bad. Remember, this is when the teams, the Bengals would be within the first month. You get the bad teams on early before they're out of contention or their players are traded or they got a bunch of guys, quote-unquote, on injured reserve um, trying to tank the season away. So disappointed that the Redskins are playing this late in the year. We'll see. Hope for a good game. Hopefully, if you guys have someone in fantasy, I hope you guys all have good luck. And now it's past the 50-minute mark because I don't know how to shut up once I get my brain going. I apologize. I hope you guys enjoy the show. We will talk to you Friday. Make sure your roster's set as well. See you guys.